Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Different ways, okay. Two different ways. 
Number one is educating the public, especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse. Presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic, worldwide problem that affects everyone, everyone. Offering hope for healing from the numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information. For anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Now, prevention, intervention, and recovery is something that I could do a whole show on, okay? But we're not going to do that tonight. What we're going to do tonight is speak about depression because maybe in the uh, night hour, as I am, um, I get an awful lot of phone calls, whether they're NASCAR people or not, um, where they're terribly depressed. And because of the world that we live in, my God, I guess there's a darn good reason, all right, for people to be, you know, depressed. Now, we have a huge panel here. Uh, Michelle Bless is here, and uh, she's an author. She's also a counselor. She's been on the street. She knows me. I know her. We've been in the same places. Lori Purcell is here, and uh, she and I, we uh, do shows many times together. And uh, she's a good girl. Yes, she is. She was in New York just like me, and now she's in PA. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, and and Bill is here working, and Philip is here, and we have a five seven three area code. I'm not too sure who that person is. I'll open up their mic, and uh, five seven three. Who am I speaking to? Hello, I, I was just listening in today. Thank you. You just want to listen? Is that what you said? I can't hear you right. Yes, please. Thank you. Okay, good. I'm glad. Okay, that's fine. You know, when people listen, that's good because they're listening. Okay, whether they speak or not, I really don't care, just so long as they listen. That's good. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, what I'm going to do, sorry, I have a lawsuit in my mouth here. I'll get rid of it. There we go. Um, I want to talk about the uh, depression. Now, look, we're in a world right now is a, that is very depressing to a lot of people. And unfortunately, you know, when people uh, have been through all different kinds of trauma in their life, we don't take uh, yardsticks here at NASCA. I'm not going to say, whoa, you only suffered a little bit, okay, and I have all this, blah, 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 blah. That doesn't mean anything. Trauma is trauma. All right? That's they've right. Actually, yes. And they've done, Michelle, they have done studies, and I want people to understand this. They've done studies, and, and studies show that if a child is watching, say, their parents, say, in, uh, with domestic violence, and they get really, really scared watching this. I mean, it's a very frightening thing. I used to watch Blood Flying. I get it, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, then you have a soldier standing next to that person. By the way, Michelle was a soldier at one time, too. She was in, was it the Army? What were you in? Navy. It was the Navy. Oh, it was the Navy, right. Sorry about that. Okay. But anyway, so um, you put those two together, and they're facing, they're facing trauma because the soldier... Maybe his his buddy just got his head blown off, okay? He's in some Mm -hmm. sort of war or something. And the child who looks up to the mother and the father, the people who are the most important people in their lives as a small child, okay? And and they're witnessing them hitting each other and screaming at each other, calling names and, and all the things that people do, all right? And maybe some blood flying there too, whatever. Um, this is also very traumatic, and they put it on the same level as far as trauma is concerned. Because whether you're a little tiny child watching this awful, this awful 
type of behavior from your parents and the ones who are supposed to guide you, love you, um, teach you right from wrong, teach you boundaries. And uh, what they're seeing is not boundaries. They're seeing blood flying and stuff. All right, they don't have that. They're lacking that in their lives. So it becomes very, very traumatic to them. So the PTSD level, post-traumatic stress disorder, is going to be very high. And then you have Absolutely. the soldier. You have the soldier who is, um, you know, who's who watched his buddy just get his head blown off. And they, you know, when you're in the service, and Michelle knows this, you develop a kinship, like a brotherhood. It's like a brotherhood. And when ladies are there, it's a ladyhood, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But you know, the mm-hmm. point is, you you get very close. You get very close because you have to watch each other's back, right? And um, mm-hmm. and you're depending on you know your person that maybe you're looking up to in, in in the military to help you if something happens, you lose that your person gets killed, then you feel like you have no one, and the child who is watching the parents also too feels like they have no one. Okay, that's what happens, Absolutely. and that's where post traumatic stress you know does come in. Now, I just want to read a little something here, and then, Michelle, I'm going to go to you. Um, Mm -hmm. First of all, the signs of depression, you have signs of clinical depression, which is the worst, and I can get into that. Early signs for depression. Then you have depression, which is the first symptoms of depression. And then you have depression signs and treatment. Now, it's not always popping a pill, all right? Like so often they want to do, you know, pop pills in people. Not saying that medicine is bad, don't get me wrong. But um, like when I worked in Greystone, they had the Thorazine Shuffle. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever, guys, mm-hmm. ever heard of that before. But um, they pumped, yeah, they, they pumped the people so full of Thorazine that the psychiatrist didn't have to do anything except watch their blood levels because they weren't going to be responsive anyway. Now, that's not mm-hmm. treatment. That's bad, all right? Mm-hmm. How do you get to issues when that happens? You don't. So, But medicine given the proper way for the proper disorder, like you can give the right amount of Thorazine, Melaril, Narvain. Of course, I worked with all of that, um, you know, with all the, the different types of medications, um, not being a nurse. But if a nurse wasn't there, I became the nurse. Let's put it that way. And um, so, you know, you have to watch how much you give and you have to watch your blood levels. But with therapy, with counselors, um, you can come a long way. And and certainly my hope always was that these people would be able to leave this hospital and and be on their own. And some did. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a judge right there that would come on the grounds because we also housed the murderers. We had to watch that. And uh, we had our own police force on the grounds. So the idea of, you know, they, they're never going to get out to see, you know, daytime, some of them, especially those up on the third floor of 10 Ellis, because they were the psychopaths, and they were going to stay there forever, all right? That's where it was. So, um, but then you had those that were struggling, you know, to to get better. Really kind of sad to watch, Michelle, all right? Struggling, struggling to, watch, to watch them get better so that they could get out and see the light of day and, and be on their own. Now, every step mm-hmm. you do by baby steps, but it is possible. It is possible. Now, one of the main things that they did suffer from was depression. 
all right, depression. And usually it was clinical depression. So, Michelle, tell us what you know about uh, clinical depression, and then I'm going to go down, and we're going to talk to all the panelists here. Go ahead. Well, I mean, me being a survivor of many things, as you know, um, normally for some it stems from childhood, like what happened to us. People don't understand when you are a child, you know, and you suffer something or seen something dramatic that changes the child's mind. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. you become very depressed, very scared, um, jittery, um, angry. You shut down, you know? You shut down. And then as you get older, if you don't get any help for it, you, you become more isolated, angry, you know? You start self-medicating, um, whatever it is, to numb you, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Then as you become a teenager and an adult, you start lashing out. Some become suicidal, you know. Mm-hmm. I have five mm-hmm. patients that I deal with. And, and of course, I've been to many mental wards, ministering, volunteering, and before I even got help to, to be who I am today, I end up being one. So... What I know for a fact, and what you were talking about it earlier, that some places do do help, you know, but then there are some places that it's all about numbers and it's all about money. So, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, and what I mean by that is they zonk these patients out. They just zonked out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, how are they going to get help or talk about anything if they're sitting around or leaning against the wall like a zombie, okay. That's right. So, That's right. So I, I don't, I don't, I, I totally do not agree with that, um, because a person like that can never get help, you know. But oh, I know that. for some, we put them on light medication. It allows them to talk, you know, and they're allowed, and allows them to be able to function in society of being on their mm-hmm. own that has come in for their therapy treatments. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, but people got to understand that a person that is, that, that is, is clinical de- depressed is because they suffer some sort of trauma. I don't, I don't label like if one person suffer a trauma and then there's another person who suffered 10, that the one who suffered 10 is better than the one who suffered one because all they did was one. Trauma is trauma, you know, like you spoke earlier. And most cases it happens to uh, people when they were children. And then the few percent uh, end up being adults who haven't really had a bad childhood but suffer a trauma as an adult. So but it's, it's, I, I look at it as 80% suffer trauma as children, never got help. And I would say 20% end up being a victim of crime or suffer trauma after they became an adult. You see that's what I'm right. saying? Um, that's right. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to say. Well, that was quite a mouthful, and it was all very good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, look, we've been around the block, all right? And, Absolutely. you know, we have, yeah. And maybe Can more times than once. You sure can. can I Go say, ahead. Let me say one more quick thing that came to my thought. When you were mentioning about the military, 
Yeah. Um, when I was in the military, and I, re- I did 20 years, I did not, I, I, I was in there for, it was peacetime, wasn't a war. But I absolutely was, experienced it and suffered trauma from my uncle. And what I mean by that is my uncle was in Vietnam. And his friend, best friend, got his head blew off, and he was next to him. It traumatized my uncle so bad that he called home to my mom, and my mom and my grandma, which was their mother, wrote letters and were able to get him out of the military. And I need to add, too, that it was was another friend that but they but that friend was next to my uncle, so he he didn't see the actual head come off of my uncle's best friend. But he ended up when he got out. Well, when my uncle got out, my uncle immediately, uh, and I thank God for that. Um, he immediately went and got help. You know what I'm saying? And, oh yeah. And so and when he did get help, he was an outpatient. He didn't go in the hospital. He, he he was outpatient. He was he was going to see a psychiatrist about it, and they ended up giving him service connection PTSD, and mm-hmm. but he became a functional person in society. He ended up working at the post office and he became a postmaster. But then when his friend got out, and his friend didn't get help when he and my uncle would say to him, you know, won't you go talk to one of the counselors at the VA? And he just refused it. Well. He kept going through so many different episodes for years, and finally he committed suicide. My uncle went to his home and found him dead. He hung himself, like, oh, my God, you know. And and then my uncle had a traumatic outburst, and you would think it, that he would he would have had that dealing with seeing all his friends you know, dying in Vietnam, but his best friend getting his head blown off. But that guy, that that it changed him. It, it changed him, and yeah. and um, he ended up. Yeah, it just it just changed him. It took him to another level, and um, I just I couldn't understand that. You know, because keep in mind, I'm a child, and a teenager around all the time. So you know what yeah. I was going through. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yes, but I do. Yes, just, I do. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Well, it, it does change people, okay? Um, during the Vietnam era, during that time, and I'm one that always followed all the wars and, and, and all the political and all the politics. I had it in my family, for God's sake. So either you mm-hmm. hate it or you like it, you know what I'm saying? And um, mm-hmm. so I, I happened to like it, and I would follow it. But I had kids, you know, look, you go to sleep, you're 17 years old, Okay. You go to sleep, and the next day is your birthday, and you're 18 years old. Now you're a man. Really? So, (laughs) I mean, it makes no sense. So these people, these poor kids, I'm going to call them kids because that's what they are. They're sent over there or places like that where there's war, and they see this terrible horror in front of their eyes. And, uh, And you know, it doesn't change. Keep in mind, they didn't didn't volunteer. Keep in mind, back in that era... I need to mention they that to back draft. in that era, they yeah. were drafted. That's so right. So that's that's being forced to go. And you got you got to keep in mind all these young men going into the military during that era. Literally to them, they were snatched away from home, into a, right. uh, a and then being trained to fight. Can you imagine the 
they were traumatized before they left. Some of the, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely. Yeah, my my husband. I'm going to say this quick, and then I want to go into the uh, other stuff here, and also to the other panels. Yeah. But when but talking as you're speaking, um, my husband, my first husband, remember, got married twice. I'll never do that right. again. Okay. <laughs> All right. But with my first husband, uh, yes, there was a draft, and when the letter came to his house, he took that letter and he burned it up. <laughs> we were in love, honey. Okay, he didn't want to go. Well, let me put it to you. And now, hold on, hold on. So, so uh, all of a sudden, a a second one came, a second letter came, and he knew that he had better go down to Newark because that's where you go around here. Mm -hmm. You know, in New Jersey, Mm -hmm. you go to Newark, and you go and you have your, um, you know, your physical. And um, he was very flat-footed, and he thought he'd get out for that. No, he was drafted. Period. Yes, he was. And um, I couldn't wait for this man to come home, okay? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't wait for him to come home. It was so hard, you know, missing him so much because I thought I loved him so much, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, before he got sent overseas, he did not go to Vietnam. He went to Korea, of all places, which had no, mm-hmm. nothing going on. So I knew he was safe. I wasn't worried about that. Um, there was mm-hmm. a little problem with the DMZ, but nothing major. And he was down in South Korea, all right, in Pusan, to be exact. So, all right, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's going to come back the same way that he left. No. He came back. Absolutely not. And he was a maniac, okay? The two mm-hmm. days in, in, you know, from being home, he started to beat me. I should have left him mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you see, it changes people. It changes people. It can. If they're not stable. Um, I didn't know that my husband had been sexually abused at the age of 11. I didn't find mm. that out until he passed away at the age of 65. He didn't live that long. I didn't mm. know these things, okay? I just knew what happened to me. I didn't know that he was a gambling man. I knew he was an alcoholic, but then so am I. We'd had a, you know, a drinking good time, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But, um you know, I had to stop because my fingers started to swell and my kidneys started to pound. And I decided, well, that's enough for me. And I went cold turkey. Anyway, I was working in detox. What am I nuts? This is what alcoholics and drug addicts do. They don't look at themselves. Mm-hmm. They look at other people. I'm all yeah, right. Yeah. I'm working. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyway, he lived a very strange life. He ended up living with his sister. He never remarried. and uh, But he... Totally, totally forgot he had children because I had two children mm-hmm. by him, my son and my daughter. And my son had a very, very hard time dealing with the fact that his his father abandoned him. Yeah, you know, that's the way they felt mm-hmm. both of them. So you see, mm-hmm. you don't know who you're going out with. You don't know their past. You don't know what's in their closet. Okay, you don't know anything because if they don't tell you, if they don't share these things with you, all you have to work with is their behavior. Their behavior. Exactly. And uh, that's what I was used to, more violence on top of violence. So mm-hmm. violence, and it causes depression. It causes depression. Mm-hmm. I, so I tried to kill myself the first time when I was 17 years old because my family was so horrible. And my brother was so horrible. I found out later on he was my half-brother, but that doesn't help any. He was still my brother, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. 
So um, with all this horrible existence, um, many times do people do develop clinical depression because their mind can't control what they're seeing. And then, then they go to all different types of behavior themselves and risky mm-hmm. behavior, you know, drinking too much, popping pills, um, going to parties and, and hanging out with people you shouldn't hang out with. Um, I can't use biking because I, I love bikes, all right? You can ride a bike right and you can ride it wrong. I used to drink a, a, a can of beer on the back end of the bike. <laughs> what a nut. But, you know. <laughs> You know, I, I thought I was having fun. Nothing ever happened, thank God. So anyway, the point is this. Um, we would put ourselves in, in very bad positions, okay? We would do this. And we mm-hmm. knew, you know, we might be laughing, we might be having fun, but underneath we're a very depressed person. And when all the partying goes away and we're left alone by ourselves, okay, mm-hmm. then the true feelings of how we truly feel come out. And judging from the past from which we came is where the feelings originate. Exactly. Okay, we feel like we feel like we're people that are, are not of worth. We're we're undecisive. We can't make you know proper decision making. Um, and then we have feelings of hopelessness because we've already been beaten, and we've already. I'm speaking about survivors here. We've already been beaten. We've already been uh, sexually abused, or we've already mm-hmm. already been thrown out of the house, and and all these other things. What are we? We don't know mm-hmm. who the hell we are even half the time. We it don't know, Michelle. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. So what we Absolutely. have to do, we're not we're not guilty, and that's why I tell people in the AM, we're not guilty for the way we were treated, but it is up to us to get help. All right, it's definitely up to us to get help. And um, if you can find help somewhere, fine. And I always tell people, remember this, the therapists or the counselors, they work for you. They work Mm -hmm. for you. You don't work for them, all right? So if you have to counselor or or a therapist shop or psychiatric, whatever, whichever way you're going to go, then it's a job in itself sometimes. But remember, healing, I want people to understand this, healing is not always happy, okay? Because exactly. we do we do have to look at ourselves. We have to. Because we're not perfect people either. All right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, we feel so involved with our own feelings of neglect that we went through and, and mm-hmm. the pressures that we were under, all the abuse that we went through. And we fear then we're entitled. No, we're not. Okay? We're not that entitled don't go to people. Away. That pain uh-huh. doesn't go away when you. That pain doesn't go away when you're traumatized as a child. I mean, no, people got to understand go they have experienced that. This is it's very hard for a victim to 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 come out and even want to talk about it. You know, and right. what they feel is real. It's real. What they Absolutely. what they remember, what they repeat. You know, rapid thoughts. You know, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. however they feel. You know, nightmares, dreams. You know that that's real. That's real it's to a victim. It's all very real. And I tell people, but you what ain't we never have to realize, that, so don't judge. Michelle, what mm-hmm. we have to realize, on Michelle, is we can't stay in that place. Okay, oh, we absolutely. can't. I agree. We mm-hmm. have to. You know, something has to wake us up and mm-hmm. make us realize that this isn't living to to be like that. And we haven't. We don't even know what our potential is. 
but we're not going to find out what that is if we sit around and do nothing. So that's why I say mm-hmm. that people have to seek help. That's a definite. And I want to say something about suicide. Suicide amongst uh, you know people like us, the survivors, is so 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 much higher than people you know the regular people in the neighborhood, whatever, whatever. Absolutely. Now, the age bracket, by the way, of suicide amongst men and women are usually between the ages of 45 and 54. Now, this is the adults, and you can find that on www samhsa.gov where it speaks about the suicide risk and and men who are 85 years old have the highest rate of suicide Uh, I don't know why (laughs) I didn't read that article but I just know that I just saw that okay now in the Mm -hmm. teenage years more than 18% this is why it's so important what we're seeing today more than 18% of young people ages 15 to 24 okay, have mental health issues. Suicide accounts for 24% of all the deaths of 15 to 24 years of age. And the second leading cause of death for 15, for 15-year-old kids to 19-year-old kids, okay, that's the second lead, that's what causes death is suicide, and that's by the CDC. So you see... It's a major problem in this world today, and it's a major problem in our country. You don't have to look at the world to try and get stats of how proper stats of of how many kids working just with the teenagers now. Because I have young kids that call me too. Um, how many have um, actually committed suicide? Many, many try more often. Try that's a cry for help. Yes, it is, but not to be overlooked. Now, I had an 11-year-old in my family, in Marty's family, who killed himself. An 11-year-old. What is the perfect example? I'm going to give you a perfect example real quick and you can go into the panel. This just yes. happened over the weekend, over, uh, a couple of days ago. I'm sure it, it went worldwide. But it, it happened down in Tennessee. It was a he, she, a transgender, who this person was 27 or 28 years old, went to mm-hmm. a school, killed three children and three adults. Went upstairs, mm-hmm. hollering down for the police to come up there. Okay. Yeah. Um, they found out that she was that he she was uh uh, uh bullied. Okay. Yeah. So that means now watch this. Now this person is twenty seven, twenty eight years old, and this is my own personal opinion. What I'm about to say, and, I'm, and what I'm gonna say is this. When she told them to come upstairs mm-hmm. and she had the, the, the machine gun, you know, the gun, and they had to right. kill kill this person, mm-hmm. I, to me, in my opinion, is like she wanted to die. Like she, Absolutely. You know what I mean? But, 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 I mean, I kept listening to different parts of what they were talking about concerning this person. And, and, and I said, okay, she called them up there. They killed her because she wouldn't put down the gun. But she was bullied as a child. She never got help. Mm-hmm. So he was a boy, and I guess he transgender as an adult, but he was bullied while he went to that school back then. So I said to myself, look where his mind was at, to go back to the school as if he was that little person. 
This is a whole right. new generation of people going in that's going to that school right now. They weren't there. Those kids weren't there when he was there because he was now 28 years old. Yeah, yeah. That's a perfect yeah. example of saying when a child is traumatized and they don't get mm-hmm. no help, I can't even imagine what he went through as a child, leaving the school, how his life was. Then he transgender mm-hmm. because he became mm-hmm. a girl. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it was just a tragedy. It was, it was a tragedy to me for both sides, the loss of those children, the loss of those three adults that, lost, mm-hmm. that, that he killed, and the loss mm-hmm. of him. That's right. Well, you see, it's a well-known. I didn't know help. Go right. ahead. And it's a well-known fact, well-known fact, that people who um, are not sure of their sexuality or, you know, they question their sexuality or they want to become the opposite sex of what they are are already uh, people who are very, very mentally ill in this sense that uh, they go through all the things that I just was talking about because they don't know. They have, a, uh, they have no identity. They have feelings of hopelessness. They don't fit in. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they are. They, don't, they, don't, they can't make plans because they're so wrapped up in all and engulfed with all those feelings of identity exactly. problems. And they need mental help. Yes, they do. They're not cold stone murderers. Who knows if my mind went to the point, okay, so he was being bullied in school, but then I Mm -hmm. said to myself, I wonder if he was abused as a child. What if he was raped, you know? And, you know, the identity of sexuality, we don't know what that is when a man rapes us as little girls and little boys. We don't, because all we know is when we first experienced sex, it hurt it. It was painful. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't yeah. know if this if this if that person went through any abuse at home, more is gonna be revealed because they are really digging into it. But so far from what I gathered, from what they mm-hmm. gathered, is that mm-hmm. when he was in school doing the mm-hmm. age group of those three kids he killed mm-hmm. that he was mm-hmm. bullied. They said Well horrible. that's what happens. What what listen uh-huh. They, with all the studies that have been done, then I'm going to go to Lori. <laughs> She's probably biting there at the grit there. Um, but, you know, like um, at the bit, the grit, what is it? I'm, I'm not a country girl. I don't know what it is. Anyway, the point, so <laughs> the point is, the point is this, you know, the point is this, um, when children are so neglected at home, they yes. get no, they don't get any direction. There are no boundaries where they're, they're like wallpaper, like that one that we had on, on NASCAR, that guy, uh, Bobby, his name was, and he felt like wallpaper. In other words, he existed, but he wasn't there, okay? Mm, um, yeah. He, mm-hmm. he, had, he had no opinions. He wasn't allowed to have anything, you know, whatever. He wasn't a part of the family. Mm-hmm. They grow up all twisted. They just simply do. And um, many times, I mean, he was doing things, uh, from what I understand, maybe that he shouldn't have been doing, and um, because he was all mixed up in the head. Now, look, to mm-hmm. me, to me, I look down. I don't have a penis. I have a vagina, okay? I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. Hello. And I like being mm-hmm. a girl because I like to float around, do all the silly things that girls do. And, but mm-hmm. if you look down and you see a penis, say you're a guy. If you cannot accept your sexuality, then go get help, all right? Mm-hmm. Go what? Mm-hmm. Go get help whenever you can. I mean, a child goes through a hell, I'm sure. But when you get older, oh. a little older, yeah, when you get a little bit older, um, you go get and seek that help. All right, let me go to Lori here. 
because uh, she's been sitting waiting very patiently. Lori, what mm-hmm. do you think about all of this? I think it's pretty amazing. Um, uh, you covered a lot of stuff I didn't even know about. Um, uh, a lot of my heart kind of goes out to everybody that mm-hmm. you were talking about. Um, I came from like a different kind of place. Uh, there wasn't like a war going on, and we just heard about it. So mm-hmm. it was for me a hard thing because I grew up with someone who was clinically depressed, which was my mother. Uh, she had mm-hmm. other problems too, a lot of mental illness, um, uh, very violent. But with her, she couldn't get herself out of bed. She was so depressed. Uh, she would just smoke, you know, chain smoke one after the other and, and bark out orders. And uh, occasionally you would see her, but you really didn't want to. I grew to hate mm. her. I grew to hate her for all the things that she had done, for the way she was uh, back then. I don't know what depression is. I don't know any kind of uh, label, any kind of diagnosis. I was a kid. I just knew Mm -hmm. she was not there. And to me, she was different than with my sister. So one loves and the other hates. But Mm -hmm. at one point, um, and this woman too, even before I get into it, she wasn't like unintelligent. Uh, she was skipped grades in school. She was actually a genius, um, got mm. two degrees and whatnot. But it was wasted because she couldn't get herself out the door. Mm. So, you know, I put up with it. I did what I could. And I was put in a really difficult situation in there. And I was like a peacemaker between him and her. And it was a, It was a mess. So either way, when I got my license, I decided that it just, and a part of me felt sorry for her. So I found a psychiatrist, and I went there, and I told him all about her, you know, every kind of detail that I could think of that he would want to know. And I said, and there's no way she's going to come to this office, but I want to do something for her because there's no way to live. So he prescribed uh, bottle pills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told I never told her, you know, what I was doing or anything. And uh, when I got home, I decided I don't know what these pills are going to do to her. Uh, even though I hated her, I'm still worried, and I, I don't even understand why. So I took one of the pills. I said, if it does something, you know, for me, you know, cheer me up, maybe it's going to work for her. So mm-hmm. I took one of those pills, and I swear I was high for like three days, and it was <laughs> wow. It was the worst experience I ever had. No, I mean, it does sound ridiculous, um, but I I, I didn't want to hurt her. (laughs) I just did it. So I ended up not giving her the pill, and Mm. she stayed the way she was. Occasionally, as I got older, she would come out and pretend she was normal, but she really didn't have the personality because she wasn't socialized or anything. I believe her father molested her, um, all kinds of things, I believe. I just knew the the signs. So, yeah, if you never go into your dying father's room, something happened. And we go every Saturday. So we never talked about it. But I'm sure that's connected to why she ended up the way she was. So the year that she decided it, for her, she decided she was an artist. And she got into ceramics, of all things. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, it was 
good for her efforts. I was excited that she finally got herself out of that bed and was starting to see, like, happiness, you know, for the first time. It wasn't over her kids or anything, but just Mm -hmm. to see her, you know, function felt better. So she did. She went into ceramics. Poor woman. She had no talent. You know, it's something I couldn't tell her, but she really didn't. So I was like the the backup for her because somehow I just like knew. I didn't know anything back then who I was, but I just knew what she was missing and I knew what the people were looking for. So I was helping her. And I worked with her, even though I hated her. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But I just knew she needed care, you know. Right. So she did mm-hmm. it for a few work for a few years, and then she went right back to she can't get back out of bed, and that was basically the end of her story. She stayed in bed, mm-hmm. and that that's what was the hardest because she was such a close relative. If it was like mm-hmm. an aunt or an uncle, you know, you get a, the the distance. So you're not involved right. in it too much. But when mm-hmm. you're dealing with somebody day in and day out, you know, it's like you don't even know what to do. And that's where I was. So well, that's my take see, on it. That's, that's very good. And you see a lot of people, now this isn't your mom's case, okay? By the way, I didn't like my mother either, <laughs> okay? Um, I used to think of all kinds of ways of straightening her out, but we won't go there. But... um a lot of times people mask their depression, all right? They do. Now, in your mom's case, she just plain couldn't move. And it's sort of like my mother ended up like that, too, but she had uh, emphysema, emphysema so badly. And uh, I used to watch her breathe, and she'd go, <gasps> on, on her stomach. Oh, God, what a sight to see. And I made mm-hmm. sure, Lori, I made sure that she had, you know, all the clothing that she needed, um, on, on weekends, Marty and I would go down there. I have to admit, with it, he was very good in some ways, okay? So we'd go down there, and they were nuts about um, Chinese food. They were nuts about it. So we'd always stop and get Chinese food, food for them and do a shopping, too. And Because uh, my stepfather, even though he was like eight, nine years younger than she, about nine years younger than she, um, he started to develop dementia, okay? And so the two of them were a mess. Let's put it that way. So mm-hmm. luckily they there were people that had money. So I ended up getting the angels to come in. They came in. They spoke to both of them, and the angels did come in, and um, you know, and 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 took care of business so that we could only go down. It was seventy five miles each way, okay, to go and see them. So we were not around the corner. And there weren't people in the in the neighborhood that would help them. So I had to make sure that the, everything was covered. But uh, everything I did was mechanical. You see, what happens is when you develop this certain type of hatred, even if it's, if it's towards a parent, I don't feel guilty about it. Because like I've said so many times before now on shows, um, everything is a name. Parent is a name, you know. And, and it's and, and mother is a name and, and all this other stuff. It doesn't mean that they're good people, and, and it doesn't mean that it's okay if they disrespect us or if they don't, you know, do what they're supposed to do as parents, you know, so that one child or both ch- children are neglected, whatever, or the things that they do to their children um, allow for uh, sexual abuse to go on. It happens in families. Well, yes, it does, but it's not supposed to. Okay. 
So, you know, all these things turn you against your 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 parents. And you know what? You don't have to feel guilty about it. Because, you see, they're wrong. You're the victim. I have to tell people this in the, in the AM, too, because I have a lot of mother issues that I get hit with. And I get it, all right? <laughs> the three of us here obviously get it, all right? So, Michelle, I don't think you despised your mother, though. You wasn't quite the same. It was a different thing. She was a victim also, if I remember correctly. She was a victim. Um, and, no, I yeah. didn't. Yeah. N- not at all. My mother was viciously yeah. And horrifically being abused, along with that, yes. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So what I want to get across here, though, is that um, mental, okay, and I I want to talk to Bill. I know he's working, but maybe he wants to say hello or something. Oh, I didn't know Brother Bill was here. Love you, Brother Bill. I've got to put his, I have to open up his mic. I have to pull my screen down. Open up his mic, please. I I, I, I know he's here. (laughs) Come on. Ooh, it's not working. My mouse isn't working. Yes, it is. It's open. Mm. Bill. Oh, yo, Bill. <laughs> where are you, dude? <laughs> I don't know where he went. Bill? Here we go. Hey, did Here we, we go. put him? A... I was just going to say, maybe I... we put you to sleep. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> go I've ahead. Been no, no. I've been listening closely to the whole show. And, uh, you know, some of this is very good, but there are some things that are really, uh, you know, a bother to bothering me. Um, the the yeah. shooter in Nashville is not a topic for us. We don't have mm-hmm. any idea what his or her background was, and neither is mm-hmm. it appropriate for us to comment on their sex, sex or sexual changes or whatever. That's not our topic. So I don't want people out there to think that we're here to engage in that kind of discussion when it's not a part of what we do. You know, in other words, we could have transgender people of each type here, and it'd be fine, you know, as part of our membership. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's not okay that, that we make up stuff where we imagine, like, for example, that imagine the shooter had a certain kind of past when it hasn't been revealed. And, we, you know, it, it, could, it could be true that people that have a certain kind of past are, are violent or prone to, you know, uh, passing on the bad behavior that they experienced, but we don't know if that's what this, where this person came from. So I just want to make sure we, you know, we gently cover topics like this, or maybe I think really you skip over and find something more appropriate. So I'm not trying to, you know, beat you guys up, but I just want to remind you that our singleness of purpose is to talk about child abuse issues, and that's it. You know, prevention, intervention, recovery. Mhm, mhm. All right. Well, I, I, like, I think, um, I like yeah, all right. Shows. I like having shows like this, but I think this one went too far. Oh, well, I don't know. I, I don't agree well, with that. I, just, well, because now, I, every, I would every... like to respond to Brother Bill. Uh, please. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. First of all, I do I do understand what you're saying, and, and I've been with you since 2012, and you always made that known. And, of course, I respect that. But I do want to say that what I did mention, it wasn't anything that came out of my head. It was something that was told, that was spoken of on the news. And all I did was repeated what I heard on the news. I didn't say anything. I didn't add to it or anything mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Except when I well, mentioned uh... my opinion on one thing. And that was, I was, but when I mentioned my opinion, I did say, I wonder if 
he experienced child abuse as a child. I don't know, but I wonder that. That's what I said. Yeah, I understand. That was how okay. that's how it was presented, and it was fairly general. They say that then we should have gotten off of it because we don't know. You know. True. Uh, yeah. But, and, and I tell you what, you have to be careful about which news outlets um, you're listening to. Too, I listen to a, a smattering of everything. You know, because you can't tell. I mean, I don't want to get stuck in one perspective uh, too yeah. long. So. Anyway, yeah. thank you very much, both of you, for being here tonight. And I'll, I'll hear off again and continue working. But it, it takes all of us volunteers, but we also have to be on the same page. Okay? Absolutely. So we agree. God bless you guys. I agree. <laughs> well, it's good to hear your okay. voice, and I love you. You don't want to answer that. <laughs> I guess you want to answer that. Are you going to answer that? Okay, good. Okay. I'm like, you don't leave me hanging. You know I love you, Brother Bill. <laughs> yeah, I know, Michelle. Don't worry. Right, okay. Okay. Okay, okay, that's good. Okay, so they made up. That's nice. Okay, good. Um, I don't know. I, I think probably my my perspective on that is that uh, – you, it, because we've seen so much as, as survivors, th- you know, thoughts like this do go through our heads, and maybe it is a possibility, maybe not. Who knows? All I know is what happened. But anyway, okay, so I'm going to continue on here. Um, I want to speak a little bit about, uh, you know, um, with the uh, clinical depression, because there's so many of us that are clinically depressed. Now, I don't take meds for it. I don't do that. But I, what I do is I, uh, I have ways of handling it because I can feel, I don't know if other people, people can feel as I'm sure they can. I'm not unique. No one's unique here. Um, but when I become very, very depressed over something, it can be situational or it can be also, um, you know, I mean, it can actually, you know, be something else. You know, you just don't know quite where it comes from. You just know that you're feeling sad. You get that sad feeling. And what I do is I uh, tend to remove myself then from the home if I can do that because, um, okay, it is a mental condition. It can manifest itself in physical problems. We know this. Many times we ache all over. I think that's where, um, you know, some of the aches and pains that we speak about on the show, uh, where that comes from. A lot of times when I was a kid, uh, in my early 20s, I knew that I was aching all over. I had fibromyalgia, finally. That's what they told me. And uh, I control it now. I can control fibromyalgia. I found a way because I had it for so many years. They're finding out that teenagers can have fibromyalgia. The best thing for fibromyalgia is not to lay down and rest, not with me anyway. For me, it's good to take a walk and, and to walk around the block. And that... It works on your mind and with the endorphins and, and the dopamine and all that other stuff that we speak about. And it, it gets you in a different place. It, it gives you more energy and you feel better, okay? So that's mm. something to keep in mind. And uh, mm. people who are clinically depressed, you know, they um, if the way to realize whether you're clinically depressed to the difference, anyone can be depressed at any time, okay? Anyone. Anytime. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But if it lasts for two weeks or more, then it's time to see someone. So if you're lethargic, um, 
and that's something to keep in mind. If you're very, very lethargic, and usually your person walks around, if you're not sick, you don't have a fever, you know, the things you commonly look for, then um, there might be a change going on inside of you, and you don't know what it is. Um, a lot of times during that time, people will have flashbacks who never had flashbacks before. Boy, does that scare the heck out of them. I had a gal mm-hmm. call me at 2 o'clock in the morning with flashbacks, and I had to explain that to her. We had a guest that came on who was an expert years ago. ago. His, name, his last name was Brick, B-R-I-C-K. I don't remember his first name right now. But anyway, he came on, and he explained all that with the flashbacks. And um, so a lot of times people who are clinically depressed, they can have flashbacks. And then it's the mind releasing, you know, information and this poor gal, she was having a whole bunch of flashbacks and was clinically depressed and diagnosed as being such. But she was having all kinds of flashbacks all together, and that's called a cluster. I remember that. Mm-hmm. It's called a cluster, okay? And then you have to figure out how the heck to deal with that. So what I tell people who are clinically depressed, you've been depressed for over two weeks you need to see a therapist. You go and start talking and immediately if you start having flashbacks because if you have a good therapist or a good counselor and they understand the flashbacks, they can help you through it. And it's about, you know, it's like the mind taking the cover off of your brain where it's saying, uh, I don't want you to see it anymore, you know, that, that mask, and they take it off, I want you to deal with it. And it's actually a good thing. It's not something to be frightened of. Even if it's a bad flashback, it's something that happened possibly in the past, and your mind wants you then to start moving on, to start healing, to start healing, the healing process. A lot of times we get people on the show who have repressed memories, and they're so totally repressed, some of them can't really tell a full story if they're trying to tell their story, right? They can't. Right. It It comes in part. Yeah, when that happens. and it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to follow it, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. uh, you're getting bits and pieces of this, which is what they're getting, is bits and pieces. And I had a, um, I had, um, a friend who uh, would consider it like a puzzle. She was putting pieces of the puzzle of her life together, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember everything, okay? I wish I didn't, but I remember everything. And, and whereas other people struggle where they don't remember a lot, there's a lot of gaps in their life, and then all of a sudden those gaps come forward. So mm-hmm. what does that have to do with depression? Plenty, because a lot of people who are clinically depressed are depressed because they there's don't, don't know which direction to go. They don't know what they're thinking. They don't know who they are, and they have a feeling of hopelessness. That's clinical depression, and that's mental illness in its sense and in itself. And those type of people usually do have flashbacks. Um, I can and, have one. And, and you know what? Keep in mind, and keep in yeah. mind when people share uh, their story of what they remember, mm-hmm. and 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 we and we as a group, you know, be a family for them, support them, encourage them to get help. Keep in mind that during that during that journey, all of a sudden, repressed memories will start mm-hmm. surfacing and they're being traumatized all over again. Like like can set them all the way back. The reason why I say that because that happened to me. You know, yeah. when in yeah. in my early journey, you know, when I was 
I started writing down stuff and, 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 and start talking about the things that I did remember, I didn't even, even know I had refreshed memory. I didn't know mm-hmm. until things came up and it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Um, um, when I was in my early journey of healing and I had my therapist and I, I came in, I, I mean, she had me coming in three or four times a week and I couldn't wait till the next day and I come in there crying and screaming. She was like, what's wrong? I said, I don't know if I had a dream. She was like, what was it? And I said, and so I told her about it and she said, do you remember that? I said, it's just, it, I just feel this anxious, painful feeling. Then she, but she, she had always written down stuff that I did share and she connected mm-hmm. those things. Like this, mm-hmm. this thing, like this, this goes with this area of your life. It's, and it was devastating. I, I was being, I was, I was like being traumatized all over again. Like, oh my right. God, why didn't I remember that? It wasn't meant for me to remember because it probably would have killed me. You know? right. <laughs> because I, I had tried to commit suicide. I stopped counting after 35 times. I stopped counting. Oh, yeah, that's wow. I could, whoa. Mm-hmm. So that's serious. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I tell people, we can easily tell a person, you know, go get help, but mm-hmm. we have to help them along the way to want that help and get that help because they don't know any different. When, if, know. if all you know is that pain and suffering, they don't know any different. They don't know what, they don't know what help looks like. You know, and then if you've been beaten up so much, you know, like for me, I'm like, I ain't want to go get up. If I didn't trust nobody, I felt like everybody was against me. Oh, that's another, that was a that's real, another one. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I, that's another one of those signs. I'm going to read the mm-hmm. uh, the symptoms because this show goes so fast when, when we get together and, and, and Lori, too, and with the three of us, <laughs> it goes fast. Um, and I like that. I like that because we're getting out a lot of information. And that's that's a yeah. good thing. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. List of of symptoms, psychological symptoms. Number one is persistent sadness, becoming disinterested mm-hmm. in normal activity, being unmotivated to do anything, feeling. And this is going back to what Lori was talking with her mother too, and my mother too, feeling unmotivated to do anything, feeling excessively guilty about things that are not your fault. Well, oh my God! Yeah. Us when we were kids, yes. Mm-hmm. But you know what? And not only just when we were kids, but even in our teens and twenties, whatever. I was a wild child. <laughs> now today I'm a free child. That's what I am. All right, I'm just free. Mm-hmm. But um, and I like that feeling of freedom. I don't have to answer to anyone except for God. All right. So Come feeling on. excessively yes, feeling excessively guilty about things that are not your fault, being irrational. And also, ear, ear, being grumpy. Oh, I do know people who are grumpy. Yes, I do. And uh, they're not too pleasant, <laughs> you know, when they act like that. All right. Feeling mm-hmm. indecisive about everything. You can't make decisions. And then you have the sensation I was speaking about of helplessness and hopelessness because you can't even make up your mind on something. Should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Did I do that wrong? All this stuff that people go through in their mind because then they end up having low self-esteem when that happens. Sudden urges Mm -hmm. to cry, sudden urges to cry or tearfulness. I don't cry, but the other day I did, and it didn't go boo-hoo. I'm not like that, okay? (laughs) It was just like all of a sudden tears going down my face, but I don't know why. I don't know where those tears came from. 
I had no thought process before those tears started to come down. I just knew that all of a sudden I felt sad. So what I did was um, I went and blew my nose, put some fresh makeup on, and out I went. Yes, I did. <laughs> you know, Because I have found with myself, if I get depressed, I don't want to turn into clinical depression again. So it's better to go out and, and uh, get some fresh air, if there is any fresh air, but go out and get air. And, and change whatever you're doing. If you're in the house too long, um, my daughter said, you know, she has that thing on her phone, Mom, you've been in the house for 11 days. And I said, no, I haven't. There's a couple times I didn't take my phone with me. She didn't realize that. But um, so she couldn't, you know, see where I was at. We do that for each other, for all of us, our family members, we do that. We watch where the other one goes. If something happens, you know where they are. So anyway, um, no, I'd gone out a couple of times. But if I if I get too depressed, I might go buy myself a little something. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be a blouse. I don't care. It'll make me feel mm-hmm. better. And it doesn't, that doesn't have to be expensive. It can come from Walmart. I don't care. Um, you know, but, you know, it, a lot of things, I think I'm just so tired of feeling um, pain in my arm. And now my foot needs to be operated on, too. I was telling you about that earlier. And mm-hmm. after a while, you just go, this isn't even old age, okay? This is not acceptable, okay? My foot has an enrollment in it. That's not old age. And, and uh, with my uh, arm, i got a bad shot. And it's debilitating at times, okay? So I can get depressed. And I think that that is something to get depressed about, okay? And it also pisses me off, as you can tell, all right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, all right. So sudden urges to cry or tearfulness, whatever. Um, there's certain things that can, you know, cause that. Not enjoying, here we go, a little bit more, not enjoying things like relaxing or watching TV movies. I tell people, look, when you feel depressed, um, now on my TV I don't know what other people have, what type of, you know, programming they have, but I can still watch I Love Lucy if I want. She's a nut. I love her. She's like me, okay? <laughs> you know, so I would do stupid that would make things. You laugh. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I would see, I would put on old ones and think, you know, I was almost that bad, and I am almost that bad. I love to laugh, and I like to make people laugh. I went into the store today, to the drugstore. I came out, and there was this good-looking guy who was around my age, and he was getting to a real fancy car, and you could tell that he was, you could tell he was wealthy. He just had a way about him somehow, you know. So I said, hey there, Mr. Movie Star. And he turns and he looks at me. And uh, <laughs> so we started to laugh, both of us. Mm-hmm. And look, I gave him a good chuckle. And I said, what kind of car is that? I like that. And so he told me. I said, you want to change cars? You want to switch? He looked at mine and goes, uh-uh. <laughs> okay, so uh, we, 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 were, we were laughing at each other, all right? And, but it, you know what? Um, it made both of us feel better. You know, so he went away mm-hmm. shaking his head and laughing his ass off, and, and I went away doing about the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think that if people could engage with each other, you know, and give each other joy even if through something silly like that, you know, it, it helps give you a, a better feeling on life even. It will right? give you a moment of feeling good. Absolutely. Absolutely. It will give you that moment right. of feeling good and laugh and smile, yes. Yes. And then it says also, too, uh, with depression, um, reduce sex drive. And, you know, you you don't want to have that closeness. You, many times you push people away. 
um, unexplainable aches and pains. We've gone over that. Losing or gaining weight too rapidly. Um, problems with your digestion. Okay. Stomach problems. Um, normal sleeping patterns getting interrupted for no reason at all. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. now me, I'm a night owl, and I'm used to working shift work all my life, so I'm, I don't consider that with me. Uh, but feeling lethargic, unexplained changes in mental cycle. Okay. Um, they didn't explain what that was, and I'm not too sure. I'm not going to recite that one because I'm not too sure. All right, social life affected, social symptoms, not yelling or not getting along with family or friends. All right. In other words, it affects your social social life. All of a sudden, you know, you start getting angry, say, with coworkers, people that you work with. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you're changing. You're not able to get along like you did before, um, you know. So... And you start participating less in social functions. If it's not a physical thing, then it's a mental thing, okay? And that's the feeling mm-hmm. also, too, of being depressed. And this is what we many times go through. We cannot control what's going on in the world around us. I would like to be able to do some things, believe me, but we can't. So a lot of people are wondering about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next week, and and rightfully so, okay? So that Mm -hmm. turns them into staying in too much. They don't want to go out. They're afraid to go out. They might get mugged, okay? Or maybe there's some kind of uh, new germ out there, at least in the the air. Who the heck knows? I don't know. Um, You know, so a lot of times people tend to stay in more than before, uh, avoiding your friends. You don't want to be with your friends. You want to be alone. You, you're starting to turn inward, okay? I'm not going to say mm-hmm. antisocial because that's not quite the same thing, but you, you sort of like ant, like it, but you're antisocial. Okay. Um, you can, uh, communication problems at, at work. We went over that. So what I'm trying to do is get across here the different types of depression and what causes it. All right. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. childhood disturbances definitely causes depression in people. Um, life events, like what's going on now. Other mental problems, you can have other mental problems, and um, that'll cause depression. Physical health problems, like I was just talking about. Um, it can also run in families. Um, mm-hmm. Medication can actually, uh, if it's not the right thing, can uh, mess you up and make you feel depressed, and you have to talk to your doctor about that. Um, sleep and diet and exercise, lack of. If you don't get enough sleep, if your diet is totally wrong, most of us are, you know, don't have a very good diet. I know because I do live alone, I don't have to worry about cooking for my family and all this other stuff, all the things I was so busy and involved with before. I tend not to eat right. Eh, I just make a sandwich and a cup of soup. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, considered a, uh, a disability when it goes on and on and on, where you're you don't get out of that depressed state. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and so um, then I have something that um, let's see if I can find it. Oh yeah. Um, how to what to do with this? Okay. And this is from the intrepidmentalhealth.com, nine self-help solutions. All right. Number one is get some exercise, take a walk, 
Now, people sometimes, now I'm going to talk to you about this. You had mentioned that you couldn't even get yourself to go out for a walk. You couldn't leave the house. What yeah, were you I, going I, I wouldn't get up. I was, I was isolated for 10 years. I never entered, I, I never went outdoors. I never saw the outside for 10 years. I, I, I made myself a, looking at it now, of course, I made myself a prisoner. So you got to understand where I was. I have not, I was not healed. I was not, I was broken and I was um, self-medicated. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't functioning. I, I, I didn't trust anyone. Um, I blame me for everything that happened to me as a child. I can go on and on. I mean, you know, and all this, and then, you know, through the rapes and the kidnaps and the beatings, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. handle it. So I, 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 I put myself in a bubble because I, I felt like I had to protect me. So mm-hmm. I felt the only way of protection for me was to be away from the world and everything in it. And I thought that was normal. I thought that was, you know, but I did that mm-hmm. for 10 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I never went yeah, outside. I would call my daughter. My daughter would come to the window, and I would give her my note of what I want for, as far as my groceries. And 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 I would, you know, I, I and because I didn't go anywhere, didn't buy anything, you know, and I was making my getting my money every month. All she all she needed to do was get, you know, bring me my money order for my rent and go pay it at the office and get my food and what I wanted, and she had the rest of the money. So she didn't have no problem doing that. So, yeah, that's how I live. But, you know, let me tell you something about that. There's two ways of looking at that. Um, I went through a short period of time, you know, where I didn't want to go out because I had so many panic attacks. Then we'll go to Lori. But um, so many panic attacks. And that, yeah. And, see, if you have too many panic attacks where it uh, ruins your life, that's a disorder. Okay. I mean, um, I, yeah, absolutely understand when I when I was in, in imprisonment for ten years and uh, mm-hmm. away from the world and people. I mean, mm-hmm. I was in such a deep, dark space and depression. I had I had panic attacks. Now, this is a daily basis: nightmares, dreams, um, literally hearing the voices of the people who traumatized me. Um, literally, <laughs> I mean, literally, like. Uh, uh, they're fighting the voices because they wanted me to cause harm to myself. Um, sort of breath all the time. It was a lot. I went through a lot. I went through a lot in those ten years of imprisonment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's heavy what duty. What brother Bill feel about that? I think he's working. I don't know what he's doing. Is he work? Is he is he is he still here? He he. Well, what he does is he works behind the scenes. I don't know exactly what he's doing. Oh, he I didn't know. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. Sorry. Well, well, so well, Lori. Yeah, Lori. I want to get her on now. Um, Lori, what do you think about? Did you ever isolate yourself like that? For Forty years, and then before <laughs> that. Wow. Um, wow. I have right. a, an excuse. Um, I have a handicapped son uh, that keeps me here. He really needs, like, a full staff, but I won't release him into the system. So I became his full staff, and I did things behind the scene. But I would cycle with depression. It was like if something really broke my heart, I would just, like, be, like, out of it for a couple of days. And then I learned to force myself out of it. 
but I'm still mm. not at the point where I was ever really a sociable person. They always used to mm-hmm. make fun of me. They would call me a loner or something like that. Uh, something about my personality that doesn't really connect, you know, with a lot of people that I see. And I just learned to be by myself because I grew up by myself. You know, mm-hmm. other people have moved ahead, way ahead of where I was. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got, you know, like I said, my son, once he was born, there was still a reason not to go out as much as other people would normally do it. So I would basically say that I, I have isolated myself. I live on a mountain. I'm the last house, the last block on this particular mountain just to mm-hmm. have peace and quiet and not have a lot of people around. And mm-hmm. since I'm at the point I am at my age, I don't think I'm going to really change. I mean, I am talking to people now more than I've done you know, where I used to live, but mm-hmm. I'm not one to um, socialize as much. I don't have the skills. In my mind, what I do I stay by myself and I make things, you know, to the time. I don't, I don't eat a lot of stuff to, to kids, you know, in different places, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a, a lone job. It's not like with another person. I always do mm-hmm. things just alone. So whatever caused me to be this way, I don't know if it was my upbringing or lack of it or whatever um, put me here. I'm an isolated person. I really am. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I'm going to get you over that. (laughs) (laughs) She likes to to ride bikes, too, and she's got some wild-looking bikes that she's uh, showing me some pictures of. They're really Mm -hmm. uh, cool-looking. But um, I think a lot of people who have been through all kinds of abuse, you know, um, whatever that abuse might be, and, like you know, many of our stories are similar, but they're not always the same. Uh, you know, we do tend to, because it's comfortable, all right? It's comfortable. We don't have to prove ourselves to anyone. I mean, see, I, I got over that stuff. I, it took me years to do it, okay? But I don't care whether people like me or don't like me. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. And yet I have an awful lot of people who love me. <laughs> I don't know why, but on myself at all times. And I don't care, you know, if I offend someone, I will say, I'm sorry I offended you or whatever. And I would expect that in return. Mm-hmm. Um, today I'm a different person than what I was, say, I don't know, even 10 years ago, certainly 20 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've reached a point in my life where um, I do matter, I do count. Um, I know I'm not stupid. I do very good things for people, um, and I don't care if they return that favor because when I can give, I do give. And uh, I think it's um, a different type of lifestyle, and that's just the way it is. It's a different type of lifestyle, and it makes me happy. But sometimes I will stay in the house if I don't feel like going out. But you see, that's my choice. There's a difference there. The fear factor is gone because my panic is gone. All right? Mm-hmm. I screamed it out of my head, honey, and I won't even tell you what I said. All right? But it worked. worked better than any pill I was ever given. And uh, I had to mm-hmm. do that three times, and then it was gone for good. But anyway, the point is I don't have panic disorder anymore. It's gone. But if I choose to stay in my house 
and watch TV because I, I do watch the news a lot. And not only do I watch the news, I like to watch funny things. Um, I loved uh, King of Queens. I loved it. Now I've, I think I've seen every series there is. I mean, it's so funny. And uh, I liked Mom. I like to watch Mom. And uh, then there's other things I like to watch. And, and um, you know, and then, of course, the news and um, love it or list it. I, I'm fascinated always about how they change houses and all that stuff. And uh, things mm-hmm. like that. They, and I can do all that because I don't have to answer to anyone. See, I'm enjoying not being yelled at, not being judged, not being told that I'm whatever, uh, not getting hit, um, not being thrown out. All the things not all the things that we go through as survivors of child abuse. Mm-hmm. See, now I'm in control. I'm in control of my own life. And you might say that, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm like in, in retirement from the past. Mm-hmm. And and I have a cat that I adore. And we have our banky, and it's a um, a throw. And it, you turn the thing on, it gets warm. You know, it's electric. And her little head pops out, and my head pops out, and we watch TV. That's what we do. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So, I mean... I'm enjoying my time now because mm-hmm. now I'm free. I'm as I've used that earlier. I'm free. If I want to go out with someone, I'll go out with them. If I don't, I won't. It's as simple as that. And exactly. it's a, a good it's a good place to be. All right, for me anyway. I can't speak for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I get bored, I go see some friends uh, over there in Peaburg, or you know, um, I go see my children. Or my grandchildren, or my great-grandchildren, what a blessing they are. There's four of them, and they're adorable. And, um, of course, they can do no wrong, okay? <laughs> but, you know, it's um, I'm enjoying this time of my life. And if I'm going to be with someone, fine. But they have to treat me right, and I will treat them right. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. That's just the way it is. And and I'm I'm happy for the first time in my life. Okay, so... Don't believe everything that you think. Um, a lot of times when we're a depressed per- a person, um, we do a lot of bad self-talk. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe maybe I, I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't have done that. We can't change the past, even from what we do. But we can change where we're at right now. We can do that. We can do that. And, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes we have to. Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. Regularly eat better. You know, eat more regular. I'm guilty of this because I'm alone. So, you know, eat better. (laughs) Wholesome foods, wheat breads they were talking about and things like that, which is, you know, good for everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. Get adequate, adequate sleep. Well, I'm on such a schedule because, again, I've done this many times in my life where I'll stay up and, and I, I'm lacking vitamin D because of it. I have to sleep sometime. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I talk a lot at night on the phone, and um, then I sleep when most people are up. And mm-hmm. I think I try to change that a little bit, try to maybe put it down to maybe three days a week or four days you can contact me just so I can get outside, especially in the summertime. If I have to take a pill that is so huge in vitamin D, I'm in trouble. All right? And it's not good. So I have to think about myself. 
one of the things that people do, and I mentioned this much earlier, is that when we're in a depressive state or if we're a little bit slightly depressed, again, I'm not clinically anymore, but at times I do get depressed just like everyone else, um, we tend to neglect ourselves. And there's all ways that we can do that. Improper eating, improper sleeping, um, not getting enough sunlight, um, things like that, you know. And my PA actually said, Carol, if you can't go outside, at least, you know, because you're sleepy, at least sit by a window and get lots of sun. Or sit on your porch. You have a wonderful porch. You have a deck. Go out and fall asleep there. Just don't fall asleep in the summertime. You'll get terribly burned, you know, but you know what I'm saying. So, Mm -hmm. um, and then another thing, avoid caffeine. Uh, with sleeping, improper sleeping habits, two hours before going to bed and and try to have a, a bedtime, okay? I don't usually mm-hmm. have a bedtime. I go to bed when I go to sleep, all right? And when I sleep, I sleep. Exactly. Sleeping is an imperative, it's imperative for our brain to regenerate, okay, to repair and to renew. So we, if we don't get enough sleep, then we're doing ourselves a disservice, Drink water. Uh, You don't have to drink as much as they used to say. I read an article the other day. They used to say that people needed at least, and I'm saying at least, eight uh, glasses of water a day. Well, Mm -hmm. I found out you don't have to have eight glasses of water. Uh, It might be good to have three or four. You know, that's up to the individual. But um, if you have, by the way, if you have too much water, when I worked at Greystone, um, kids were doing weird things. They didn't want to take their drugs. They didn't want to take them. They didn't want to take their meds. So they would mm-hmm. drink and drink and drink and drink and drink water, and then it would flush it out of their system. See what they were doing? Mm-hmm. So it's not good to drink too much water either So uh, for those who take medicine. Um, for optimized health adults, they need to, oh, no, they don't, two or three quarts a day. And this is before food. I, I don't believe that. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. Okay. Make change. Maybe one quarter, I can say. Make changes. Um, you know, if you become boring, because a lot of times we do get bored, change that. What, what am I bored about? Well, I'm not doing anything. Maybe go out and do some, you know, some people don't have disabilities. Go out and do some yard work or, or whatever. You'll feel better. Or help someone. Okay, help someone, and that's the last of that. Because if one thing we've spoken about on the show is if we help people with what we know, all right, um, and we all know different things. Some know more than others, and it doesn't matter. But the point is, you work with what you got. And um, so, if you could say, like, go to a soup kitchen and help out in the soup kitchen, that's a very good thing to do. Um, if you see uh, an elderly person trying to cross the street, I'm just using this, and uh, they can't, they can't do it. For God's sake, go help them. Go help them. Things like that. Just things like that makes you a better person. It really does. And you learn to like yourself better. If you see a child being beaten or slapped or whatever, and you know of this, you report it. You report it. Uh, call the cops. I don't care who you call, but call someone. You can call the 1-800-4-CHILD number, 1-800-4-CHILD number, and tell them, all right, I don't live near you. But on the other hand, 
Um, this is what I'm seeing. I'm afraid of retaliation because in urban areas especially, there is a lot of retaliation. So it's good to report it, though, and then you've done your job. Maybe you saved that kid's life. You know what I'm saying? It, it's better exactly. to report. Yes. It's better to and report. Just to let you know, it's uh, 923. Yes, it is. I know that. I just looked at my clock. I put my oh, okay. clock in with me. So uh, yeah. I'm just going at the very last things here. So, um, okay, so if you have something you want to talk about really quick, and then Lori. No, and, no, you no, know, no, Phil, no, no, go ahead. Well, with Philip no, here, that's... I oh, have okay. Philip. He might have something do you, to say. There's something, oh, he's listened to all of this. <laughs> I don't know. What do you <laughs> okay. think about all of this? Philip, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on it yet, I guess. Well, are you a depressed person or not? I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay. So Did you find um, anything that we shared about helpful to you? Um, you said something at the right time about depression when I was thinking about it, so that kinda of helped me put some pieces together. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Like the, the, the puzzle. The puzzle. That's now, a good lot of people hear. are doing that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm, I'm glad you got that because, uh, look, everybody's life is a puzzle, you know what I'm saying? And uh, those who are depressed, they seem to have more blank spaces in that puzzle, and they're constantly trying mm-hmm. to, um, you know, make sense of things. But don't mm-hmm. ever give up, Philip. okay? You can always Absolutely. call me in. I'll blab your ear off. I'll get you laughing and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> all right? So you can, you can call me on the contact page, and so is Michelle. And Lori's there. A lot of NASCA people are on the contact page. Okay. I just want you to know that. Um, so anyone who needs help, they can certainly do that. Um, Lori, what do you have to say in these last minutes? Um, about depression, it turns out that anxiety honestly does cause it. Um, oh, yeah. that's, that's one of my biggest problems uh, is anxiety. Because I know I'm different from other people. Um, other people are mm-hmm. ahead of me. So a lot of, you know, the isolation and all that is because of the anxiety. And you do get depressed about it. But I know that it'll eventually it'll cycle its way out where I'll, you know, get back up and try again. So there's mm-hmm. no reason for anybody to ever really give up. You know, you just have to learn your cycle. You have to learn what the triggers are or what's causing what. And eventually mm-hmm. you're going to find, you know, the places that you shouldn't be or you're going to find a support system to get you out from when you get a really down bad day. And that right. that is, uh, it all works hand in hand. The simplest, mm-hmm. you know, the simplest thing can cause depression, you know. So I live with that, but I just know it is the way it is. I survived and, uh, there's no reason to think I'm any less of a person because of the way I am. I'm just different. Yeah, that's depression. Well, you see, yeah. that's that self-talk, okay? That's that self-talk I was talking about a couple minutes ago. Look, I happen to think, and I know Michelle does too, that you're a great person, okay? We know that you have a lot Absolutely. of potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, thank you. And you always have so much, you know, that you're learning to offer a whole bunch of information. Yes, you are. And, and that's that's Absolutely. wonderful that you're you're feeling um 
to the point where, you know, you can always come to me. You can always come to Michelle, you know. You can do that. And and there's always other people on the list that you can talk to also. But, um, yeah, we're happy to have you aboard, believe me. Okay, I just want you to know that. Thank you. I do notice I have changed. I have changed. I just want to say to Lori that I am so proud of you. You are a very strong woman, and I need you to know that. And and for mm-hmm. Philip, that because that you're here and you're listening, and 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 just know that we are all a family, and that everything that that you're not a that first, you're not alone. Second, it's not unique what you went through because we all have went through, and that's why I love NASA because right. you know we are made up of different genders, um, we are made up of of different. Of cultures and lifestyle, but we have all one common ground, and that is that we suffered uh, a trauma, and that we come together to not love, not only to love one another, but to support one another and the love, and and to be there for one another. That's what it's about, and to get re, and to collect information from different resources that is there on the website. That's why I love what Brother Bill and care on what they do they 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 get so much data and so much information and it's so useful and it's so helpful you know so i want to say this real quick and i'm done so if no one didn't tell you guys that you weren't loved believe me you are loved you are loved yeah. i love you yeah. and god loves you and we all well, love we you. love you know too. that yeah yeah, yeah we love thank you, you. We, we love each other we're family there we are <laughs> this is the this is the Nazca family. Here you go. But anyway, I got I have to turn. I have to. This is the end of the show. I think we had a very good show, and I think we covered an awful lot of groundwork here. A lot of groundwork. And uh, yeah, yeah, really, I do. So I have to turn this off here now. So good night. Yeah, I got ten seconds. All right. Good night. God bless to everybody. And uh, we're here if you need us. Good night, honey. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. And and thank you, Philip, and um, everybody else. Good night now. Good night. Good night. Another tomorrow, because that dawn will You are disgusted after all that you've done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.